This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Daryl Grove is the co-host and co-creator of the Total Soccer Show. Daryl and his co-host Taylor Rockwell started TSS in 2009 on public radio station WRIR 97.3 FM. And that is where they learned the basics of audio production and how to structure a show. And they've since grown to be one of the most listened to soccer podcasts in the United States, reaching a very, very sizable national audience. I, uh, I reached out to Daryl in late 2018 to interview him and some unfortunate events happened and we had to delay our conversation for quite a while, but, uh, the delay ended up being a very, 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 very good thing. And, uh, I was finally able to get Daryl on the phone and we recorded this conversation that you are about to hear. And we spoke about what it's been like building their podcast from the decision to start covering soccer the way that they preferred to having their first big guest on the show and what it was like making the jump to being a full-time podcaster, which I can definitely relate to. You can find all of the information about Total Soccer Show and you can actually find the show on all major podcasting platforms and you can connect with Daryl on Twitter. I provided links, all the necessary links actually to uh, to all that stuff in the write-up of this podcast, which is available on 343coaching.com. I just want to say that this episode... Uh, it's pretty special to me. It's kind of a behind the scenes look of what it's like to start a podcast, live in the podcasting realm, uh, the kind of the worries and the scares of becoming a podcaster and, and making that a, a career. So it's a really special episode to me. So I really, uh, I really do hope that you guys enjoy this episode of the podcast. This podcast is supported by Bounce Athletics. Finding high quality and reliable training balls and numbered training vests can be challenging, but Bounce Athletics has you covered. They are offering 343 listeners an additional 10% discount on orders. And I just spoke to Zach Jonker, founder of Bounce Athletics, about a new package deal that they are offering to help coaches get ready for tryout season. You can order 24 of their custom soccer balls and 24 of their custom numbered reversible training vests for $6.99. They also have a package deal that comes with 48 balls and 48 vests for $11.99. And the training vests are great for colleges, high schools, and camps that are looking for ways to identify players and keep training sessions organized and to just keep themselves on track instead of having to worry about who's who, what's what, where's where. Everything just stays nice and tidy and organized. And the balls that you get in that package, well, the balls are on par with brands like Nike and Adidas and Select, and I highly recommend them. The players that I coach are constantly fighting over the bounce athletic balls that I have in the ball bag. I use products from Bounce Athletics in every single training session, and I only agreed to bring them on as a sponsor of this podcast because I actually like and use their products. So if you want to see what they are all about, please check out their products. And if you are ready to submit your order, you can do that by emailing info at bounceathletics.com. But make sure that you mention 343 so that you receive your additional 10% discount. That is a very crucial ingredient in that deal. If you don't mention it, you don't get the extra 10% off. So do that. This podcast is also supported by something that I use every single training session. 
And I'm talking about the 343 Premium Coaching Education Program. The exercises and the methodology provided by 343 completely changed the way that I coach my teams, and I have never looked back. If you are an ambitious coach that is serious about learning how to coach possession soccer, this program is for you. The 343 membership is a powerful and effective online program for coaches who are looking for a proven methodology and a high-quality education for a fraction of the price of other licenses and courses that are out there. This program is for coaches of all levels, whether it's club, high school, college, or even pro. And when you sign up, you get 24-7 access to videos of actual training sessions and games, which showcase the proven 343 methodology. You also get a series of eBooks, audio lessons, classroom presentations, and you're instantly connected to a nationwide network of other like-minded coaches that are currently enrolled. You can learn more about the benefits of the 343 Premium Coaching Membership Program, or if you are ready to sign up, you can just go ahead and go for it. But all of that information is available at 343coaching.com. All right, I hope you enjoy this episode of the 343 Podcast with Daryl Grove. All right, cool. Well, uh, do me a favor. Let, let's start off with the with a little introduction. Tell people tell people who you are, what you do, um, and then I, I'll kind of I'll kind of pick you apart. I have a couple easy questions for you, but then let's just see where the conversation goes and see what we end up talking about. Okay, so you want me to just start by saying my my name and what yeah, what I do? Go for it. I'm already recording, so I'll, I'll I'll cut out the first part about you opening your water, and we'll start here. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Daryl Grove, and I am uh, one of the two co-hosts of the Total Soccer Show. Awesome. Um, what is uh, what is Total Talk, Total Soccer Show (TSS)? What uh, what do you what do you guys do there? So we're a podcast. We're five days a week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, it's a little bit nebulous in that we're just like we cover all kinds of soccer, right? We cover the Richmond Kickers to the Champions League, uh, men's national team, women's national team. When I can persuade my co-host Taylor, we cover the England national team. <laughs> um, um, I think the, the main thing that we do is we analyze things, I think is maybe our strength. Um, and sometimes that's like analyzing the news as opposed to, like, as opposed to just repeating the news. We try to you know, have, a, have a take on it, put some thought into it, think about why this happened and what it might mean. And then I think most people would say our strength is we analyze games, right? So we'll watch a game, we'll re-watch a game, which I think is the really important part. And we'll try and figure out how and why certain things happened. Um, and we usually, after enough rewatches, like the rewind button on our DVR is like really worn out. Um, we we get to some some sort of answer. Like we think it's the right answer. We wouldn't guarantee it, but we at least come up with an answer that we think for why this thing happened. How did you develop the skill? to determine what is happening what what's your what's your background in in soccer how did you how did you become familiar with the techniques and the tactics and all the stuff that you're that you're analyzing and talking about so my background is uh not impressive in a soccer sense right i've just been an amateur soccer player my whole life originally in england um, and then over here in the u.s i've never come even close to playing professionally or coaching professionally so on paper, I definitely have no qualifications to do what I'm doing. Um, the, I mean, honestly, the, the only qualification we do have, I think, is both Taylor and I are, we have that sort of 
just that that kind of nerdy instinct to want to figure out the why. And I think over the, it's been 10 years of doing the show, more or less, right? We started in 2009. Um, it, it definitely started off, we would have to rewatch stuff over and over and over again and ask questions and try and figure it out. So it's mostly just that we've put the time in to figure things out. And it took a long time early on. And I think now we're faster and better at doing it just through repetition. I think it's just through doing the reps. I'm really curious uh, about why you guys decided to start the show. And then along with that, I'm really curious what the soccer media landscape was like in 2009 and how you guys decided to do what you guys ultimately decided to do. Like what, what ultimately led you guys to having the total soccer show? So the original, the genesis of it, I think is I was the editor of um, a website or two websites, actually two conjoined websites called the offside.com and worldcupblog.org, which were big, like almost SB nation style sites in like from like 2006 to 2009 or so. And I think SB nation actually bought the site. So a lot of writers that are from there and they're working for various SB nation soccer sites. And one of the, the people who worked on the site with me, his name is Ian Rose he did a podcast that he invited me onto. So that was my first sort of exposure to being on a soccer podcast. Um, the only sort of, the only shows around at the time that I knew about were Guardian Football Weekly, which I know obviously is still going, and the Football Ramble back home in the UK. Um, I want to say World Football Daily was on here. On, it was either on Sirius or was released as a podcast or, or both. And we just kind of thought like, um, I think Taylor and I had enough dumb confidence to think, we, we could do a show. We, you and I could do it, right? So we, what we did is uh, we pitched the local radio station. It's called WRAR. And it's, like a, it's not NPR affiliated. It's like an independent public radio station here in Richmond, Virginia. Um, they were looking for shows. And we pitched them on a 30-minute weekly soccer show. It took like three months of pitching and sending like sample. Uh, they call them clocks, like where you have to like say this segment of the show would be this and it would last this long. And here's what it would be about. Um, and they, they really put us through our paces in terms of making us explain why this show would be worth doing. And then they taught us how to use the audio equipment, which I think is the big, <laughs> one, one of the big reasons that we kind of know what we're doing is that we have people at a radio station literally teach us, this is how this type of microphone works. This is where you need to put your face. This is how the mixing board works. This, 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 is, what, this is what these buttons do, right? So I don't know if you've ever looked at a big mixing board. It's it's terrifying, right? If you've never seen one before. <laughs> um, but, we, but we literally had someone say, okay, here's the gain. Here's the sort of max, here's the main volume control. Here's the, uh, I still, actually, I still know what they're, what they're called, but there's another different volume control. Um, so I can't name the brands, but I know what they do, right? So we, <laughs> I had someone teach us that, teach us how to use audio editing software, which is not easy to use to begin with. And we really got sort of a, a kickstart in, in that way by having the, the radio show background to begin with. And I've been talking so long now, I can't remember what your original question was, sorry. <laughs> no, just what, what, uh, what kind of prompted you guys or what led you guys into the Total Soccer Show or starting, starting what is the, the Total Soccer Show? So it sounds like we, you've kind of covered the, the genesis, but now I'm curious because I didn't realize that it started out in an actual studio, so like a radio studio. So how, yeah. how has it morphed or how has it changed or what were the... What were the initial um, episodes like compared to what you guys ultimately have today? So the initial episodes were definitely 
way too ambitious with the limited time that we had, right? So I think I said it was 30 minutes. It was actually 27 minutes and 30 seconds is how long the show was allowed to be. And we, you know, we were super enthusiastic. So we were like, all right, first episode, we're going to talk about uh, Bob Bradley and the US men's national team. We're going to do our 10 favorite players of all time. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. And we would try and do, like, we were literally trying to have a conversation about our 10 favorite players of all time in an eight minute segment. And what we, I mean, so we did it. And if you go back and listen, it's probably not great. But I think we quickly learned that to really have a deep conversation, you need one topic and you need to just give it the full 27 minutes and 30 seconds. Then what we found is we had too much we wanted to talk about. Because, yeah, there's so much happening, right? In the, in the world of soccer, there's just something every single day. Um, you, we, we found that we started releasing the 27 minutes, 30 second radio version, which would air, I think, at 12.30 on Thursdays on the local public radio station. But then we would put out like a, a podcast that was an hour with 30 minutes of extra content. And then what we started doing, um, this is the part where it really became more like the Total Soccer Show that it is now. We started doing an extra episode on the weekends where we would watch a game. Um, we'd have like a game of the week. It was usually a Premier League game that we were really focused on. Um, and we would break down that game and we would kind of, uh, I don't know if they knew this, but we were just going in and sort of saying, yeah, this is for the radio show, but it really wasn't. It was just for the extra podcast episode that we were putting out um, on the weekends. And I mean, and that's where it started growing more into the, the show that it is today. You mentioned that there was a, you know, it was hard to cram everything into a, a 27 minute, 30 second show. And there was, there, there always has been a lot of, a lot of soccer news happening, but for, I mean, not until recently, I, I, I would say there hasn't been a lot of coverage. So at the time in 2009, 2010, you guys had to have been one of the, the few outlets that were trying to cover soccer the way that you guys were covering. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I don't think, because again, like maybe our touchstones were, say, say, Football Weekly and the Football Ramble in terms of podcasts. They would never spend 45 minutes breaking down one game, right? <laughs> they would sort of do, if it was the big game of the week, if it was like some title race thing in England, they'd maybe do 10 minutes on, on it at the front of Football Weekly, but then they try and round up everything else, right? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think uh, what we thought was our unique selling point at the time was that we were going to go as deep as we possibly could go on one single game. I'm I'm also curious. You know, I wrote this down a, a few minutes ago while you were talking. But how how did you and Taylor decide what to cover? You talked about that. You, you, you today you guys cover the U.S. men's and women's national team. You guys cover um, you, you guys covered the news. Like that, you you evaluate the news. Um, but how how were you guys deciding what to cover then? And and I'm also curious how that has maybe morphed over over the course of a decade. So definitely back in the day when it was only one or two shows per week, it was much tougher, right? And we would think about like which game do we want to cover and we'd have to choose one game. And it really would just be like, what's the biggest game this weekend? And if say, especially because nothing happened in England and there was a Classico happening, definitely we'd do the Classico, right? And especially if it had like title, La Liga title race uh, implications. Um, always the biggest thing was the US men's national team back then. Because um, it was just, I think we started the show just after that Confederations Cup final uh, team, you know what I mean, where we just just lost to Brazil by by one goal. So that Bob Bradley era and the, the 2010 World Cup was coming. So our big thing was always the US men's national team and sort of, you know, the re reacting to the rosters, reacting to the most recent game, uh, thinking about what we would like to see in the next game. That was always kind of the most interesting thing. And 
I want to say it wasn't strategic. It wasn't like, oh, this is what people are interested in. Let's do that. It was kind of just following what we were interested in, right? Because it wasn't professional at the time. There was no, and we didn't really have a boss in terms of no one at the radio station said, hey, we think you guys should do this. They just sort of trusted us to do whatever we thought was worth doing. Um, and it's really always been that way. Talia and I basically, the, we, we talk about it as being like, we talk about what we are interested in. And I think we're lucky that that tends to pretty much match what uh, the majority of soccer fans based in the US are interested in. Uh, but we try not to do anything because we think we have to do it because then it becomes a little bit more laborious and less fun, right? And, and now it's a job, so maybe it should be a bit more laborious, but especially back then in the early days, we were making zero money. So <laughs> why, why, why would we do anything out of obligation, right? If we're not getting paid for it, you just do whatever you think is fun to make sure you still have the enthusiasm to keep doing the show. And we've kind of stuck with that all the way through to today. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, it's exciting to hear you talk about it too, because you, you obviously, you, you have a lot of passion for it. Um, I'm curious, you, you said you started around like the, the Confederations Cup, World Cup 2010, Bob Bradley era. So when, uh, when did you get your first text message from Bob Bradley? I have never received a text no message from way, No way, no uh, way. Oh, wow. So you must say nice things about him then. <laughs> well, it's, it's, especially back then, right? We were not, um, not very high profile because uh-huh. it was the, the early days. So I doubt we were even on um, US soccer's radar. Uh, let alone uh, Bob Bradley's right now. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's actually very surprising to me because Bob um, usually does a very good job of of reaching out to people that that cover soccer number one and then especially cover him. So yeah, um, that's that's surprising. Maybe to me. maybe he's more into the written word than podcasts. I could see that with Bob Bradley. Maybe maybe that's true. Um, yeah. At, at what point did you guys start bringing on like interviews and and having high profile guests and, and and things like that? When did that become part of the show? Uh, we started having sort of local interviews early on. Um, so we'd like interview the, the then Richmond Kickers head coach, Lee Callishaw. Um, the first big high profile guest was, I think, Alexi Lalas, because this was a really big moment for us. I can't remember the exact year. I want to say it's like 2011 or so. We had been watching an ESPN broadcast, right? Alexi Lalas would have been on ESPN 2011. I think of a US national team game where the feed cut out. I think the US were away maybe and the feed cut out and they went back to the studio and everybody in the studio kind of froze, right? Um, I think when we, when we reviewed the game, Taylor, I think, mentioned that maybe Alexi Lalas and the other people in the studio should like maybe go to Second City and take some improv lessons so that they can <laughs> uh, react in the moment. And I think then we got a tweet from Alexi at the Total Soccer account, the Twitter account, saying like he'd signed up for some improv. And that was the first moment we realized that, oh, people outside of just the people we know are listening to this show, right? Um, and then after like Alexia just like made contact that way, we kind of reached out and uh, asked if he'd like to, you know, appear on the show. And then he, and then he did. And, I, and whatever people think of Alexia Lalas, everybody in independent media will tell you this. Alexia Lalas has got time for independent soccer media in America and he's happy to use his profile to sort of shine a light on various things. And because I think his overall goal is, uh, just grow the game, grow the game, grow the game, right? And that means if he can use his fame to like shed, uh, shine a light on Halo Magazine or on Total Soccer Show or any other independent thing or the Cooligans or anything like that, then he's he's happy to do it. So he was our first big guest because he was the first one that kind of acknowledged us and then was said yes when we reached out. That's cool, man. Um, do you remember what the conversation was about? I think we literally talked about uh, broadcast stuff. 
because that, because that was the initial point of uh, contact or the thing that we'd been talking about. We really wanted to know like what happens when you're not on screen, like what's going on in the studio. Uh, how do you try and get your talking points into the like 60 seconds you have before there's before there's an ad break? So I think we sort of talked studio craft. Hey, sit tight. We are going to hear a quick message from our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. It's a part-time DOC. I had a budget and, you know, we needed training gear every year and it just was getting more and more difficult to find decent, high-quality, affordable training balls. That's Zach. He's the co-founder of Bounce Athletics. And as a coach, he was having a hard time finding quality soccer balls at an affordable price. So he started searching for ways to solve that problem for himself and for others. We've been able to experiment with a lot of different textured materials and construction methods. And, and I think we've really got it dialed in to, to where now, you know, with, with our training balls, we're providing super high level training balls that have all the modern technology in them for a fraction of the price of global brands. Zach and Bounce Athletics are offering 343 members and listeners 10% off orders of those custom premium soccer balls that he was just talking about. Email info at bounceathletics.com to start the order process and be sure to mention 343 to receive your 10% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've had the privilege of hearing Eric Winalda talk about that exactly um, and, and how over the course of his broadcasting career, he got very good at doing like 30 second hits. So like, you know, yeah. the, the camera pans to you and, and you have 30 seconds to to introduce a topic, make kind of like a joke and then make a serious statement and then send it back to the studio. And so he talked about how, you know, that that takes a ton and ton, a ton of practice and you yeah. see, you know what, you know, what's uh this is an observation I've had quite a bit actually. Um, and I've never gotten an answer from anybody about it, but I noticed that a lot of the people that are in American soccer media on Fox and on ESPN, they have a very similar cadence. And so what uh, that has kind of led me to believe is they probably had a similar or, or the same coach or the same <laughs> person kind of teaching them how to do those things. And, yeah. and, and when you think about it, it's like that kind of makes sense because that does take practice. That doesn't come natural. So somebody has obviously taught these people how to, how to do those segments, which, um, again, I, I just, I happen, I, I just, I, I think that it's probably somebody, maybe, maybe it's happening. Like Alexi is teaching the next generation of, of guys that come through or Eric is teaching the next generation of guys that come through. But that's just my suspicion is that the same person is teaching these people. So. And then if you, I've heard everyone else talk about this, and I've heard him talk about how essentially because of the way you have to condense things into 30 seconds and you want to try and have like an impact for TV, mm-hmm. but the person that you saw on Fox, I remember him talking about how that's not the real Eric Ronaldo, right? That's mm-hmm. more like, um, he, he's obviously much more thoughtful and has lots of ideas, but you can't, you can't do that in a, in a one minute segment or so. Same with, same with Alexi Lallis, right? He's very good at just making big, bold points that get people talking and maybe annoy some people. Uh, but away from camera, he's much more thoughtful and in depth. And we've had him on the show to talk about U.S. national team. And you know, he gets very tactical in a way that he definitely doesn't um, on Fox. So yeah, I don't think the medium really serves people well. No, I don't think so either. And, and there's even times that you can go back and you can watch segments, uh, probably with Eric and with Alexi together on 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 uh, on set. And Eric kind of just like throws his hands up and he's like, yep, well, that's all I'm going to say about that. Like you could probably right. like hinting at, like I could probably talk for an hour about this, but yeah, I'm going to pass it to the next guy. Cause he's only got 30 seconds too. So, right. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting to watch that. Have you, you well, you guys actually do on camera stuff, right? Not very often. No, we we've streamed a couple of our podcast recordings just to you know just to see what it was like. Um, but we don't do a lot of uh, video or anything like that. We kind of think uh, like stick to what we're good at, and we feel like we've got really good at the audio side of it. And there's not that much to be gained from video, despite what Facebook would tell you. Yep. Yep. Now, now, now that I'm thinking back, I remember I was listening to one of your episodes. It was around election time, um, soccer election time, not not presidential election time. Um, right. Uh, and I was listening to it from my TV from YouTube, but it wasn't. It, there was no video to it. It was just your guys' logo mm. on the screen. So, um, yeah. But I but I do remember watching you guys. I think I have watched an episode where you guys were live streaming or, or recorded and, and, re- and released it on YouTube. But. Um, I, I doubt. Yeah, I want to say it was a 2017 Christmas special. Maybe is when we tried it. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Um, I uh, I dabble with it too, and I just I just don't see the benefit in it. I, like like you said, like there's no real advantage to having that video. Um, yeah. Versus, like when you when you think about all the costs and the work and everything else that goes into it, it's just the audio is so much easier to do and so much. Um, in my opinion, is more more uh, in line with what people are desiring right now. I think it's, it can be more intimate and you can get into more detail, especially because you're not worrying about various external factors like, how's my hair? Should I wear a tie or not? Uh, you know, all that, all that other stuff. And then especially because for a show like ours, we can't get rights to US national team games or Premier League or Major League Soccer, right? We, it would cost us a fortune to be able to, because we'd love to, to do some analysis and like show it on the video screen and say like, hey, see, see this is happening. But it's just way too expensive to get the rights to that stuff. So, it's kind of impossible for us to for us to do that unless like uh, unless a TV network hired us to do a segment. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I never thought about it like that before. But as like podcasters, we don't have restrictions at all. Like you can just you can talk about anything and release it, and iTunes will just welcome you with open arms. But as soon as yeah, you start right? to do video stuff with YouTube and things like that, then all of a sudden copyright comes into play, and and there's a yeah. whole another you know can of worms and. And yeah, I've never thought about that before. We have no restrictions on what we can and can't say, like copyright-wise, I feel like. That's pretty remarkable. I've never thought about that before. I think theoretically, there's music that you shouldn't use, which is why we, <laughs> we use um, music from, a, it's a friend of Taylor's band who gave us permission to use the song. But it seems like it's not heavily enforced enough that anyone has uh, been in trouble yet, that yeah. I'm aware of anyway. Yeah, there, there's, um, I, I think there's like a, a certain amount of time of a song you can use before it becomes like a, like a problem. And I think you can see it with the way that um, like Instagram uses it and the way that Snapchat uses it. Like you get like 10 seconds of a song before, um, before it becomes like a copyright issue. And I know a lot of people use the, like intro and outro music, but I think as long as you keep it under a certain time frame, I think it's okay. But it's when you start Ooh. to go over that, it's, it's the, the tricky part. I am not going to share that information with Taylor because he will be <laughs> wanting to sort of do a DJ session on every episode of the Total Talk Show. Going exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to remember where I heard that. And I want to say it was with, um, it's an older episode of Joe Rogan's podcast where him and, and Jamie are just kind of talking about a YouTube video. Actually, they're showing and they start talking about copyright stuff. I think the guest on the show asked like why they can't show longer than five seconds or 10 seconds in the clip and Jamie chimes in and he talks about the copyright stuff. I think that's where I heard it. Um, which I'm sure that if, you know, if they're saying it, that's 100% factual and legal and binding, whatever. So, yeah. Um, I'm curious, uh, what, what are you guys most excited about today in, in, in today's American soccer world? What are you guys most excited about covering and talking about? 
I think after a rough few years, I'm excited about the US men's national team. I like that Greg Berhalter has a style of play that we can go into a game sort of thinking, okay, here's what we think he's going to do, right? And there'll be little variations on it, but at least we'll have a rough idea of what the style is, right? His like, uh, positional play and possession soccer and uh, disorganizing the opposition and all that sort of stuff. I really enjoy having a coach where we know what his plan is and then we can almost, it makes it easier for us to analyze because then we can judge, did the plan work or not, right? As opposed to starting from what was going on there, which, <laughs> which, is, which can be kind of confusing. And then couple that with um, what I think is a really exciting uh, generation of talent coming through um, and, and then couple that with the fact that because of us doing what we're doing for the last few years we've become very aware of various like promising youth players so we're just like better informed than we've ever been about sort of you know Conrad De La Fuente or Yudicijanes or Ax Mendes and like all, all these kind of guys that I'm really hoping that the, the US having a style of play and then some really exciting talent coming through um, is going to lead to I'm not saying we're going to win the World Cup and all that, but at least some exciting times for the U.S. men's national team. I 100% agree. And what you said about Burhalter being so forthcoming with information and being so open, like this guy, he, he's been interviewed, I don't know how many times, and, and this is like open access to mm-hmm. the U.S. men's national team coach, which is kind of never happened before in the sense of, of him talking like tactics and things like that. Um, but it does give us a good... A, a good um, measuring stick hey like you know Burhalter says we want to dominate possession and, and things like that okay like did he do it now we, yeah, now, exactly, now, yeah. now we have the measuring stick or he says oh I want I want Tyler Adams to play like this very specific details about how he wants Tyler Adams to play did he do it was it successful okay cool now we can measure that so I, I, I do think that's that's pretty awesome and, and people that are just joining the conversation of of the U.S. men's national team now are just starting to become critical of the U.S. men's national team now, now I think is uh, this is a very exciting time to, to be in that position or, um, or or joining the conversation. It's very interesting. One thing I'm really excited about as well, or at least interested to see, is does this have a trickle-down effect where if the the U.S. men's national team coach is being really open about what his goal, what his sort of tactical goal is and how he wants his team to play and telling us, hey, Tyler Adams is going to play this sort of right back, but then he's going to move into central midfield when we're in attack kind of role. I'm hoping other coaches in American soccer start doing the same thing as well. Because I would love for the conversation in the U.S. to be, I think it is more sort of tactically savvy or tactically open than it's ever been. But we could definitely go further, right? And have more coaches telling us sort of what they're doing. And more more conversations can be about tactical stuff uh, as opposed to this guy's great or this guy sucks or who's the best, Messi or Ronaldo, like those kind of conversations and one thing that really gave me hope is um this is a little bit niche but we we as well as the talk show we do a weekly episode covering uh, the richmond kickers which is our local usle one team um and we had the new coach uh, newish coach in studio and he kind of explained the style of play that he wanted and how he wanted it to go down um and like gave us like didn't reveal big secrets that the opposition could exploit but gave us the blueprint of what his team is supposed to look like and i'm really hoping that that is the that's the future for the majority of uh, U.S.-based coaches. It's really cool. That's interesting. You mentioned that too. I've had um, I've had one of their assistant coaches on my show, uh, Mika Ilovara. He's a yes. super bright guy. So if you guys haven't had him on, you guys should definitely get him in in, in your guys' studio. Yeah, well, we do know that uh, the head coach David Bulo and Mika they 
they listen to our kickers breakdown episodes together and then we'll <laughs> sometimes give us feedback about what we got right and what we got wrong which That's is funny. great for us right to have professional coaches saying oh you guys spotted this well done or oh you guys missed this you should have seen this well so that brings up an uh kind of what i mentioned about bob bradley earlier is that i i think that uh maybe when you guys were first starting out too uh, you, and you mentioned it too like you you, when you got your first response from somebody that outside of your friend group that was listening to the podcast, I think people would be very surprised to find out how many coaches and players are paying attention to the conversations that are being had about their teams yeah. and about about their themselves and 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 these guys react like the, like they have emotions when they see a, a a Twitter post or when they hear an interview where somebody's critiquing their style of play or their performance, whatever. So I I, I think that that's. I think that's funny that those guys listen to the show, but I also think that it's very, very common, but people don't know that it's common. Yeah, yeah, I get it, right? Um, I I think they have to stay above the fray a little bit, right? Because they can't get down into the down into the debates and telling people, like, uh, your show sucks or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%. 100%. Um, I want to... I try to transition away from the soccer side of things. I want to, and I do want to ask you how you're doing, dude. I know I, I, I'm, oh, aware, yeah. I'm, I'm aware of um, what the new, the news that you had uh, either, was it late last year or early this year? Um, so it was, yeah. Um, early this year, it was specifically January 22nd. I was diagnosed with a uh, stage four colon cancer, which means that it, it had spread um, a little bit as well. Um, so mostly I'm doing well. Um, I've actually, I've had whoa, five rounds of chemotherapy, uh, and uh, I got some scan results recently where like things are at least shrinking a little bit. So it's not, it's not progressing in a way that's really dangerous. Um, so obviously, you know, who knows what the, what the future holds, but so far at least the chemotherapy has been working and I've, I've been feeling surprisingly good in terms of like energy and, you know, um, I'm, I still feel kind of upbeat and I'm still doing almost all the things I enjoyed doing before. The only thing I'm not doing is drinking wine. <laughs> well, that's funny. I actually asked you if you needed to open a bottle of wine at the beginning of the interview. Now I feel like I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, I opened some sparkling water instead. Nice. Nowhere near as good, but at least I'm not thirsty. Right? Yeah, and, and I think people, if they didn't, if they didn't know that that had happened to you or that's happening with you, they're going to think back to this whole interview and they're going to be like, "Man, this guy had so much energy, he brought so much enthusiasm to the conversation," and then you you kind of drop that on on listeners and they're like, Whoa, like that's, you know, I, I didn't expect that, but you, you do sound like you're in very high spirits and, and it sounds like, uh, you know, just based off the episodes that you guys are still releasing and, and things like that. Like, yeah, you, it seems like you're, you're, you're doing good, man. I, I'm, I'm happy to get a, a good update from you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And it's been weirdly, I mean, obviously it's not, wasn't welcome news when I, when I was diagnosed, <laughs> but the sort of, the, re, the response from everybody has been so uplifting. It really has given me, a boost just to, you know, hear well wishes from people um, and all that kind of stuff. And there's been loads of weird positives. Like I've reconnected with a lot of friends from back home in the UK that maybe had like not deliberately, but accidentally fallen out of touch with. And I've ended up having long phone conversations from like people I went to high school with and like lots of little things like that. Um, so just, just reconnecting with people and getting the support from everybody. Um, and then honestly being able to do the total soccer show, um, because it's not me having to go to an employer and say, Hey, I need time off or I need this or I need that. Um, it's made me really grateful that I'd ended up doing the total soccer show. Cause in terms of like me taking some days off, it's essentially me and Taylor sitting down and figuring out, um, a schedule essentially. So I'm like, I have to say to him, all right, these days I'm doing chemotherapy. I just can't do the show. And he'll be like, okay, I'll get guests for those days or pre-record something for those days. So it's weirdly made me really grateful for 
the, the the way my life was that it was set up to be able to handle this situation if that makes any sense at all no it makes it makes total sense man and and it's uh it it should be inspiring others to to kind of oh i don't know how to how to say that right um just just being able to to be in control of your schedule and and your work i think is very very important and and i think that you're brave decision years and years and years ago, whether it was conscious or unconscious, um, to, to kind of make this life that, that you've made for yourself. I think it's just going to, it's going to pay huge dividends during, during this time when you really need it. So I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but no, that makes sense. But I'm also really cognizant of the fact that not everybody gets lucky enough to be able to sort of chase a dream that the way that we did when we decided to go, uh, full time with, with TSS. Right. I mean, I, I was really lucky that I had some freelance work I could lean on so I could quit my job and still have some income and then like total stock show with a little bit of income and like not have zero money for, for the immediate period where we, where we started doing the show, doing the show full time. So I'm also really conscious that it's not something everybody can do. And I was really lucky to be able to do it. And then to have sort of like my wife and Taylor's wife be supportive of it when it was, you know, it was a big, it was a big risk and it could have gone wrong. Um, so to have the support of our spouses and also to just have a partner in Taylor who was, willing to take the gamble with me, um, I, I think was also, uh, really lucky and, uh, and really worked out. That's, it's super inspiring. Man. And, and having, a having, <laughs> having your wife and his wife be supportive, I think that's a, probably a, a very crucial ingredient because if they weren't, yeah. I don't know how that would go for you guys. <laughs> no, I, it would, it would, it would go, we'd, we'd have to do what they asked eventually, right? Because, I mean, it really wouldn't be worth, I don't think it would be worth risking a marriage to start a podcast. <laughs> so if she, yeah. <laughs> so if my wife hadn't been into it, then I think it definitely wouldn't have happened. That's a good way to put it. Um, where, where can people connect with you and where can people find more about Total Soccer Show and, and everything that you guys are up to these days? Um, so we're pretty active on Twitter. We're, we tend to be um, tweeting and responding to tweets a lot. So we're at Total Soccer Show. Um, our website is totalsoccer.com. There's like, you know, it's not a busy website. There's not constant updates, but there's, you know, there's an about page, uh, and there's information about the show here and there. And then weirdly, I think the, the main way to keep up to with us would be to listen to the show. Cause I feel like we give up, updates about the show as part of the show. Does that make sense? Absolutely. No. And, and I should, I should probably um, backtrack and say one of the reasons I gravitated towards your guys' show a while ago was that you guys were doing something different than what was provided in mainstream soccer media, which is really just, you know, recaps and transfer news and, and things like that. And, and that stuff has never interested me. And, and, and you guys do dig beneath the surface, which I think is very important. And I think that's worth a listen. And, and yeah. so I really appreciate you guys going and doing that, that differently than taking like the safe path of just, uh, of, you know, following the recipe that ESPN and Fox and, and some of those guys do, because it's, it, Again, I, I think that being different and, and unique is is what yeah just, it, that's what makes you guys stand out and what makes you guys what makes TSS an, an awesome show to listen to. I've I'm, I've been a fan for a number of years. Oh, thank you. I actually didn't know you listened. I thought, I, I thought <laughs> maybe you were just. I really didn't know that. So that's great. Yeah. So we can we'll we'll add one to the listener column. <laughs> no, I, I'm a listener, man. Like I said, I was I, I used to play it on my TV when when, when I. Uh, I lived at my old place, so I would just play it from YouTube. So, yep. yeah. That's when I was and listening. it makes sense what you said, right? If we were just like recapping the same things that ESPN and Fox were recapping, then why would anyone listen to us when these big mainstream outlets are already doing it and it's easy to access? I think 
I think the key with podcasts is to give something that is different to the mainstream so that you have sort of a unique selling point that makes you worth listening to instead of the mainstream professional guy. Yep. Yep. And and that's why I, I support you guys hundred percent, man. I, I love what you guys do and I, I would, you know, I have no problem uh, telling the people that are listening to my podcast to go listen to yours because I, I think it's good stuff. Oh, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, anything, uh, anything else that we didn't get to today that you feel like you, you expected to talk about or you wanted to talk about before, uh, before we hang up with each other? No, I mean, uh, I'm dangerous because if I start on another topic, we could be going <laughs> another, um, another 20 minutes. So yeah, I mean, if you have any other questions, I'm, I'm happy to answer them, but, uh, there's nothing that comes to mind immediately that, that we've obviously missed. All good. Cool. Um, yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll be linking up to all your guys' stuff in, in the write-up for this podcast, and, and then hopefully some people go uh, go check you guys out too. I really uh, I really appreciate you making time for me, and that, that means a lot to me. Oh, thanks, John. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review, and I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.